What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another Scale Riders podcast episode. I am your host, 65 Lokes, and we are at episode number 195, covering model car culture from around the world. Today, we're interviewing our guest, Leo, all the way from Southern California, the youngest guest on the show, 15-year-old model builder. Man, he's killing it in the scene. Many of you guys know him out here in Southern California and on Instagram. Um, he's known on Instagram as 121ScaleLeo. So let's just get right into this episode. I hope you guys enjoy. Hey, Edgar. Hey, doing? what's up, Leo? How you doing, man? I'm doing pretty good. Awesome, awesome. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you, thank you. Dope. Man, dude, I'm like excited because you are our youngest guest. I just want to let everybody know right now as we're starting <laughs> things off. And um, last time I saw you was um, in Pomona at the uh, NHRA. It was uh, the model car show that was out yeah. there. And, um, yeah. I mean, I, I've seen you at other uh, shows, you and your father, but, you know, we, we got to hang out at this show right here. And, um, you know, there's a lot of things, uh, topics I want to get into, you know, from when you started and everything. But, um, like right now, currently I want to start things off knowing like, what are you currently building right now? Oh, okay. Um, yeah. So right now I'm currently building, uh, a few cars. Um, it's a Tamiya, uh, what is it, Ferrari 360. Um, it was for the, the now or never out of the box build off. Um, just, you know, trying to, trying to build something simple and, uh, and clean. Um, basically taking a breather from my other current car build, which is that really crazy, <laughs> really crazy 69 Camaro. Nice. Um, yeah. So basically, what I did to that one uh, is I took the body, chopped it behind the door and under the roof. So the full roof is still there, but everything under the roof and behind the doors is gone. <laughs> Dang. Yeah. Um, and that's not it. 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 That's basically where it starts. Um, I then took a Lamborghini Countach chassis. And put the Camaro on that chassis. So yes, it is mid-engine, and yes, it does have the Lamborghini V12. Man, that's cool. So like, as far as like the, you know, like that project right there, all these ideas when you're, you know, like kit bashing, scratch building, like putting things together. Uh, what do you, what do you find that inspiration? Um, so most of the time, I find this inspiration from other builders, um, like this, this Camaro, for example. The initial inspiration was someone on Instagram named uh, Dime Builds. Um, he built a, uh, what was it? I think it was a 63 Corvette and basically put it on uh, an F1 chassis. It's either an F1 chassis or like a Ford GT chassis or something like that. Uh, he widened the, he widened the front fenders, made a whole body kit for it. It looks amazing. Um, and so, like, stuff like that, where, like, other other people building stuff really crazy and radical. Um, it was so radical that before I got to it, uh, Bullet 87, Chester, uh, he got to it and built one as well. Um, so, yeah, so, like, other, uh, other builders on Instagram, Facebook, any platform, really. Sometimes I'll just scroll Google. 
uh, looking for different ideas with a specific car. If I find something at my local hobby store. Um, other times I'm just randomly scrolling through my feed or um, or through the Explorer page on Instagram and I see a really cool render or a really cool real car. And I'm like, that is so sick. Like, for example, today I found a render uh, of a 69, um, 69 Charger that basically it, it was kind of like a drag car, but it didn't have any of the back. I don't actually know how to describe it. It was like you from if you look at it from the back, you could see the rear axle. It didn't have any of the back plates, no taillights, nothing. Just cage and diff. Dang, I got I got to see that, man. That sounds interesting. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty sure I can find it again. I saved it and then unsaved it because I realized I'd never get to it. <laughs> that, that, that's the other thing. There's so many ideas, so many really cool inspirations that I just can't get to all of them. So if let's say in a few hours or a few days or a few weeks, if I'm not as excited about it, uh, about it anymore, I just unsave it because, you know, I'm not going to get to it. There are other ones that I'm more interested in. There are other ideas that just pop up in my head that are more interesting, you know? So it's just, it's like it, they, they come and go, but a few of them I can find again, mm -hmm. which like if it sticks in my head, is really useful man that's a trip dude it's crazy because like you know I, I see your stuff and then on especially on instagram and it just it just seems like a lot of the stuff you're doing it's like very advanced you know i, I wasn't doing any of that the stuff you're doing at your age and you know tell us you know how you got introduced to all this like where did it all start for you with model building okay um so where I started. This is a little bit of an interesting one because I don't actually remember. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I don't remember. The, the first kid I remember building was like a 30s American drag car. And even that, I don't remember. All I remember is it sitting in a box on my shelf and then like three years later throwing it out. That's it. That's all I remember. <laughs> yeah. I don't even know how I got to it, but Facebook memories tells differently. <laughs> um, I want to say about six months ago, my dad got a, uh, a Facebook memory. And it was of me holding up a Finnish uh, 148th scale tank. And that was way before I started with these cars. I don't, I, when I saw that, I was just stunned. I had no recollection of ever building it. Um, but the story my dad tells is that, uh, my brother and I were, uh, we were a little bit hooked on, uh, video games like World of Tanks, World of, uh, Warcraft. Um, so a lot of like ship warfare, tank warfare. Um, and, and, uh, what he said is he bought us both a few kits I'm actually sitting in my brother's room right now, and I can see a few of his first kits. And I, I do remember those. Those were, yeah, those those are very different. <laughs> um, but anyway, so he he bought us a few kits, and I guess I must have been building them and must have really liked them a lot. 
And what my dad said is he started building cars because he was like, man, I don't like tanks or, or ships. I, I want to build cars. And being a really, like, really young person, um, I want to follow others, you know? Like, I want to be like everyone else, follow what they're doing. Um, and so what I'm thinking is I started building cars as well because my dad did. And that's really where it started. And then from there, I built uh, quite quite a few cars before I started building other genres. Man, that's cool. So how many years has it been um, since you, since you, I guess, like, you know, started kind of taking it seriously uh, with your father uh, on the building part? Oh, that is a very good question. Give me a minute because I do not know the exact dates. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Um, yeah, if you want to, while you're okay. figuring that out, I want to let everybody know what's interesting about Leo is um, his father, the model builder, Pablo, and then you also have a, an older brother that builds too. What's your uh, your brother's name? Uh, my brother's name is Hugo. Hugo. Okay, yes. Yeah. And and you guys on Instagram, I know when you guys uh, were, you know, posting on there, uh, you guys used the title one-to-one scale and then followed by your name. Yeah. And... And then collectively, isn't it one to uh, one to one skill family? Yes. There you yes. go. Yeah. And uh, one of the neat things, you know, that a lot of us saw on Instagram that follow you guys is just like the, you know, like seeing you guys as a, as a unit, as a family um, working together, like everyone's building on their projects, but still uh, being able to be sitting on the same table, you know, and being in the same room and just like creating memories as well as long as the same time as building yeah exactly and that that's pretty unique man that's pretty cool um i i never saw anything like that now now as as i'm getting older and i'm seeing like my daughter grow and and sometimes when i'm working on a kid i find myself by myself right when i'm on, like my alone time and sometimes i think man hopefully one day i'll have that opportunity to build a model with her or even i think about my dad and I go, man, like my dad's never built a model in his life. You know, like he, he just didn't grow up around model cars. But yeah. I feel like maybe on a long weekend or something where I go visit him, I should just like bring out some models, break some stuff open and be like, all right, let's just let's, let's just build something quick in two days or something, you know. But, yeah. but I like yeah, what you guys are doing. That dynamic that you guys got right there. It's uh, it's really cool, you know, to see that. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, and um, I mean, when I, I I still remember seeing you guys at, at shows, but then there was also that one. Uh, it was like at a park, um, Elysian Park. Oh yeah. Remember? Yeah, the, uh, so many ways. So yeah. many ways. Yeah, the Model Car Club. They had like their uh, their first like meet, um, yeah. and, and they just invited everybody who builds models, and there was a lot of people that showed up to that one. Yeah, that that was a great show. Yeah, that, yeah, that was pretty cool, and it's been a while, you know, since there's been anything like that at a park, like a setting. Yeah, um, th- those are pretty neat, you know. I uh, I really enjoy. I've always enjoyed those, very like a relaxed kind of setting, and out outdoors, you know, more than anything. Yeah, yeah, and it's 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 totally different from anything else because, like you know, other shows like Orange Con, uh, SoCal Open, NHRA. They're all in like a warehouse or a massive empty building, um, and that that's really it. 
with the with the park. It, it was like like a you know like a group of best friends getting together, just having fun, talking about what they like to talk about. You know. Yeah. It was it was it was different, and that's what I love about it. Yeah, that's cool, man. And if, tell tell us a bit of, a little bit about your brother, um, your older brother. So he he's also a model builder. Uh, but right now he's uh, he's currently in school, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, he's five years older than me. He is in his third year at uh, Berkeley, uh, UC Berkeley. Dang, that's dope. Shout outs to him. Yeah, yeah definitely, definitely. Dang, and oh, obviously he had to step away, right, from the building because I mean, right now it's yeah. all hands on deck with school. Exactly. About four years ago, in his third year of high school, he had to sort of. His building sort of really slowed down um, because, you know, it's just AP classes, finals, studying, homework. Everything was taking over. And also, like, the video games were taking over again. It's just like, you know, he's sitting down, he's just doing his homework. He just he gets home from school. He wants to have some relaxing time. So he just gets on his computer, plays video games with his friends. And... I can walk in at nine o'clock, ten o'clock when I'm going to bed, and he'll still be playing these games. And sometimes <laughs> when I'm up, and sometimes when I'm up until like eleven or midnight, I walk in and he's still playing games, or he's just started his homework, which is due in like two days. Dang. <laughs> yeah, I right just, on. Like, <laughs> it, it was a it was a bad work ethic, but mm. you know I understand it now, being in high school. When you get home, you've had a very long day. You just want to relax, man. Mm-hmm. You know, you just want to have a break from all this school and this work. No, nah, that's so true. And with all that yeah. work, uh, how do you f- find your time to dedicate to building? What, what, what's your schedule like? Okay, so this one, this is where it gets um, quite choppy, actually. Um, this is another story. <laughs> go for it before covid when i was in elementary school middle school man i don't even know if i was building in elementary school <laughs> i know middle school i know for a fact i'd wake up at six o'clock eat breakfast way too fast and then just be building for uh two hours i'd have uh one and a half two hours to build school started at eight thirty. It was a 10 minute walk. So, you know, I could, I could build for a really solid amount of time. And then when I get home, I would, at three, say three ten, three fifteen, I'd get home and, and I just go straight to doing my homework because middle school, it's, it's not a huge workload. Um, so I'd get that knocked out in probably an average of 15 minutes a day. It was, it was amazing. You know, like probably half an hour of YouTube just catching up with people you've posted during the day and then straight back to building most of the time, all the way until nine or 10 o'clock at night. Dang. Yeah, I know. It was it was amazing. <laughs> um, and then when COVID hit, that's that's where I sort of uh, both spiraled. Well, yeah, I, I basically spiraled. So. It got really crazy. I'd still wake up at six, but we wouldn't have to go anywhere because it's just it's distance learning. You just sit at your computer on Zoom all day, you know, just like not doing anything. 
And the weird thing is they still give us the same time as the passing period when, when you, uh, you know, like the time to get from class to class. Um, but when you're at home, you're not going anywhere. So I literally get up, go to my bench and try to build something, try to get something done in the amount of time I had. And if I knew I couldn't do anything or if there was something I could do, but you know, I just didn't want to do it. I wanted to wait until later when I had more time, more patience. Um, I just wouldn't do anything. And then when school gets out, it's just you have a bunch of time. You don't have to walk anywhere, go home because you're already home, you know. Um, and so it was, it was like the same, the same things. But this uh, around this time, distance learning, quarantine time, was when uh, you know, like all the shows shut down. You can go anywhere. There's a whole two-year gap between the show before and after quarantine. And because there wasn't shows, yeah, this is also where I get more of my inspiration. Just other people's work, seeing it in person, you know, because like seeing how people detail stuff, seeing how people um, modify a specific part to make it act a certain way or look a certain way. People, you know, like scratch build wide bodies, get glass paint finishes, um, or just crazy, insane builds that no one else would think of. Uh, it's like all of those went away when the shows went away. So, and like on YouTube and everything, you just don't see that stuff. Uh, it's always someone building a really clean out of the box build or reviewing a kit, you know. It's never like a, like a, a build you'd see at a show. They're, they're really different. So that, this is when I started building tanks a lot uh, and going into other um, other genres of models. But anyway, so like there was that. And then also um, after quarantine, um, after quarantine, really, uh, you know, the school schedule changed. Uh, my sleep schedule changed. Every like literally everything changed. <laughs> uh, school now started at nine, so I didn't feel like waking up at six anymore. I probably woke up at six thirty or seven, but I still got a good amount of building time before I had to walk to school. And then when I get home, what was really funny is when after quarantine, coming home was actually quicker than going to school even though coming home was uphill and going to school was downhill. It makes no sense. <laughs> but my explanation for it, the thing I tell myself and tell everyone, is I just wanted to build my models, man. Yeah. <laughs> I, just, <laughs> I just wanted to build my models. Dang. And, you know, for you at school, like, are you the only one you know that builds models? Or have you met other peers that also build model cars or, oh, um, or other models? Yeah. So earlier years, any school year before this current school year, um, I I don't know because uh, it's not a hobby I announce to everyone. Like at the beginning of the year, you know, you're walking, you're uh, introducing everyone, telling everyone about yourself, uh, what you like to do, what you like, what food you like. It's like introducing yourself to everyone. I don't say I build models or I my hobby is model building because it's just it's it's not 
it's not a hobby of this generation and you know i don't uh it just it, it doesn't sit right with me so i don't i don't it, it doesn't come naturally to tell people i uh i build models at school but so like i, I don't know if anyone else does but this year i got introduced to four new students not in my classes but in one of my teachers classes uh who build models and that that was really a, a great surprise um yeah that's pretty cool now yeah. I, I know what you mean though about that because it's almost the same like i'm i like my friends that kn have known me that i grew up with or just you know through the years you know some of them know like they know all right this is like what edgar's into and all this stuff this is what he does but there's also another group of friends that i grew up with and they have like some have no idea you know and I, you know i see them and everything once in a while but i never like bring it up you know it's just yeah. the subject just doesn't come up we're talking about other stuff or we're doing something or whatever uh i kind of just wait until that because i already know that once that comes up we're gonna I'll probably, i'm gonna probably go down a rabbit hole you know with exactly. it and it's gonna get deep and these dudes are gonna be like oh damn what the heck what did i, what did I ask you know <laughs> yeah and that, that's the other thing like with you know friend groups not even my closest friend group knows i build models mm -hmm. it's not something that comes up it wasn't something i thought of bringing up it's just like at school hanging out trying to have fun at lunch playing cards you know it's not it's not it's not it's it's just not a topic that gets brought up yeah. Yeah. Cause I, I was wondering that, you know, because, you know, you, you're still going to school and, you know, you're, you're young and everything. I was wondering, man, I wonder how, how it is then. Cause even when I was in high school, I, with my friends, you know, in junior high, everybody was like talking about models and doing stuff at that time. That was like 95, 96 in junior high. Oh uh, yeah. And cause everybody was like big fans of like lowrider cars and all this stuff. Right. Yeah. So then, yeah. and everyone wanted to learn how to do a hopper, and then it was like Loiter Bicycle Magazine with like the Loiter model car features. By the time that I got to high school, it was different now. Now people were like into clothes, into fashion, you know, um, yeah. playing sports, and no, no one was talking about this stuff no more, about, you know, car modeling. Uh, some people took interest into just, you know, other things, right? Girls, whatever. Yeah. But then... I remember um, there was there was like certain people that were taking these courses uh, for like the Air Force. I don't know uh, RTC. I can't even remember really the name if it's like that. But I remember that seeing a couple of those guys walking in with like a helicopter or or an airplane, like a model that they just built, and they were they were bringing it to that particular class that they were taking. Um, and that was kind of the only exposure I saw at, at high school with that. And I remember having one friend like that was in that and just like me telling him, yo, you know how to airbrush or how'd you paint that? And he's like, oh, I airbrushed it. And I was like blown away that he knew how to airbrush. <laughs> and I'm like, dude, I have a model like I bought. I, I'll give you I have this Impala. Can you paint it for me? You know, I just want like a really nice you know, like a, like a candy red paint job or something on it, you know? And he was like, yeah, yeah, I could paint it for sure. And I brought it, I brought him the model. Cause I always did everything with Rattlecan as a kid. 
and it all it didn't come out right you know it came out pretty awful but this dude i was like oh man he's gonna do it so good you know and uh (laughs) dude it took him like almost like the whole semester to finally give it to me like half the semester he's like he's like hey here dude he's like i did the best i could you know and i was trying to like pay him he didn't want nothing he was just like here you go and i remember uh opening it yeah he did the paint the body red the chassis was like it wasn't chrome. He tried to do it chrome, but it was just silver, whatever was available. And yeah. uh, and it was cool. You know, I, I put it together, and, and I stared at that model for a while. I had it, like, in a little case. And I remember I used to stare at it <laughs> just because I, I liked the shape of the Impala, you know, the 64, admiring everything about it. Yeah. And then eventually. A beautiful car. Dude, it is. And, like, the more I admired the, the car, the more I was like not feeling like knowing, oh, someone else did it. Like, like all I did was glue it together. I didn't even like paint it or anything, you know? And cause I had it next to my other models that I did build back then. And I was like, oh, it just doesn't sit well with me for some reason. So later in time, I ended up stripping that model and like repainting it. But mm-hmm. for the time though, it, it was kind of a, a cool thing, but, but I still remember um, it was kind of, it was almost like very hush hush in high school. Like no one talked about model car modeling. Yeah. Speaking of old models, um, I do just want to touch base back on one of your previous questions. Yeah. Um, so this year right now for anyone wondering is, uh, today is December 14th, 2022. Uh, I started the earliest photo in my camera roll of me building is May 2018. And that was the first, that was this. Yeah, no, that, that was the first car that I was seriously, that I was uh, taking really seriously. Nice. Um, yeah. I know for a fact that build started earlier and I know for a fact, I built at least five other models before that one. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know the exact date I started or even the year, but I do know 2018 was the earliest documented one. Yeah, that's dope. Dude, and, and you know, I, I wanted to know your perspective as far as, uh, you know, like building models and and also sharing, you know, with with your sibling and, and father, like some something that you guys have in common with that, like with building, you know, because there's – you know, there's other people that build and, you know, they have kids and stuff, but some of them may not. Or, you know, tell us about that dynamic, what you've experienced with building with your family. Yeah. Okay. So the I, I'd say the, the best part about building with your family is, of course, spending time with them, you know. Um, my dad's, uh, like, we, we recently remodeled the living room uh a, a little bit not too much new uh newer furniture different orientation new hobby desks um now we are uh, on a smaller desk but we're sandwiched together and facing each other um since my brother is up in berkeley we don't we don't have a desk for him he he, he gets a temporary desk <laughs> when he's here he gets a temporary when he comes back right on <laughs> exactly yeah which actually means he has a bigger desk weirdly enough um but anyway so because we remodeled recently we now have more space my mom is like really sensitive about 
paints, airbrushing, and just smell. Um, like if we rattle can outside on the balcony and leave it there, she can smell it from her room. And yeah, like it finds its way somehow, like through the, exactly. through the windows or something, through the little yeah. cracks, you know? It's exactly. A, it's a trip. Even if all the windows are closed, everything's closed, shut, shut off, it, she can still smell it. It's crazy. Um, so we we do have to be like careful of painting when she's outside, uh, or when she's in the living room or in the kitchen or basically anywhere that's not in her room or out of the house. Um, but when we're not painting, it's it's really great, you know. My my dad's sitting across from me building. Uh, I'm sitting in my uh, in my station. And my mom is just, you know, like sitting on the couch, looking on uh, on her computer or phone or something. It's it's really great um, just being able to spend time with my family. Um, and then another another benefit I'm really grateful of is just being able to talk with other people and them knowing what you're talking about. You know? Yeah. <laughs> it's like. I have questions for my dad all the time because this Camaro I'm building is actually the first time I'm detailing intensely. Um, and uh, I got, I've gotten tips from so many people, but it takes time, you know, but there's no delay if you just talk directly with, with someone else, you know, cause like my dad's right there. Um, I know you had a podcast with him um, talking about this as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, it's it's just so amazing just being able to go up to him whenever I need, you know, just asking a question and getting basically an immediate answer or an immediate direction of where to get the answer. And um, and then I can just go right back to building, you know, because usually if I come across a problem or a roadblock, I just I stop and try and figure it out because um, because that's like. That's that's all I can do. I'm so focused on this one thing. I have to do this right. I need to know how to do this. So that becomes like first priority. I need to do this. And if my dad's right, like for example, detailing an engine, distributor wires, to drill out each uh, spark plug and each thing on the distributor and wire everything, like first to know what wire to use, to know what color to use, to know... Uh, how to apply the super glue, how to bend it, uh, all that, all that stuff. At some point, I asked my dad how he did it because it worked for him. You know, like it must work for me. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So it's it's really it's it's really awesome to be able to uh, build with my family and spend time with them. Yeah, I, I feel like. Um, you know, it's, I believe like in timing, like everything's always about timing. And I feel like, you know, right now you're in the right place, right time, especially with the model scene, how things are going. Um, yeah. you know, th- things are evolving every day. There's s- something new that's coming out. Someone's busting out something new. There's a new part. There's just so much uh, stuff. And, you know, from when you started taking it more seriously, 2018 to now, even, when you look back at those dates or if you backtrack in your camera roll or even on your Instagram account, uh, you'll start to see some evolution leading to now. And um, 
one of the cool things is is like you're seeing it unfold right before your eyes you know yeah. all, all this stuff that's that's going on but at the same time um i'm sure you've you're probably like you've learned there's like so much modeling has given you as like uh benefits to to like how you even live you're living your life right now even though you know you're young and all but i'm sure yeah. as you grow up older there's going to be tasks in front of you that you're going to have to take on and you're not going to like panic, freak out. Like I'm sure the modeling skills mindset is going to kick in and it's going to help you like, you know, solve uh, whatever that needs to be in front of you. Do you feel like that right now at this age, you know, with, with anything, whether it's school or whatever you need to do um, that everything has its process of how to handle it? Uh, yeah, like it's uh, even now I I see it uh, applying into into my life. You know, like um, over the summer, uh, this is a really simple example, but over the summer I took an art class, uh, and we had to build, you know, like a not like a model kit, but like a uh, like a, a foam core model of the thing we we drew up, thing we designed, and. Our teacher pulls out a thing of foam core and an X-Acto knife and teaches us how to use an X-Acto knife. And I swear to God, every single person in that room was like, how do you know how to cut with an X-Acto knife so well? <laughs> yeah. It's like, how? I'm like, how do you not? <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. That's a trip. Like, yeah, they, they probably never ever handled one or seen one, probably. Yeah, it's like, I use one every day. That's <laughs> yeah, crazy. Yeah, yeah you know, like, even just watching YouTube videos, I can I can see new ways on how to use the knife, um, you know, cutting sprue gates, uh, cleaning up sprue gates, cleaning mold lines. Um, like I can see all these different things. And when when they when these skills go outside of model building, it's just like. You look like a master. <laughs> <laughs> yep. No, yeah, yeah, it's 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 crazy, you know that that I can see that happening a lot. You know, people don't, some people don't know until you know that like these opportunities, I guess, come with school. You know, take take a class. We're gonna learn. You're gonna learn how to put this together. But then, you know, like for us, it's it's just different because we're we're in this like every day. You know, whether we're building and if we're not building, we're thinking about it. Exactly. We're constantly like thinking and thinking. You know, um, you know, when, when you go to the shows, like what were your, your impressions like the first time you went to a model show and you started to see other people's builds? Oh, that's a good one. Um, so when we go to a show, uh, no, when, when we go, when we went to our first show, it, it was, it was really an eye opener on like things that are possible in this hobby, you know? Because uh, I think my dad explained this too. It was just like, it's like we we got to see, um, we 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 just went to a show, and um, and we were we were just like, wow, you can do that. That's possible. Um, you know, so it was like it's really just uh, when we went to our first show, um. This is actually quite a hard one. <laughs> or like, um, 
let's say I'm, I try to make it easier. Like now, like <laughs> like the NHRA one we just saw that we were there. Um, you know, I know you've gone to the, the SoCal Open and, and other shows, uh, but what's your are your impressions now with what you see on the tables? Um, could you elaborate a little more? What, what do you mean by uh, my impressions? Yeah, uh, like when you, you know, like when you saw some of the builds, like were you, uh, was there anything like you, you learned maybe that you were like, man, oh. like, you know, oh, damn, how they do that? Or or just a, a build that just kind of blew your mind that you're like, what the heck? Like, oh, this is like yeah. next level. Um, so uh, quite a few of the builds there are just like at every show are absolutely incredible. I remember two builds and two people, uh, three people in particular. Um, two builds. There was, uh, there was one model flying around. <laughs> uh, there was one model flying around all the, um, the, the general shows, you know, that have every category. It was a helicopter. And it was... Uh, it was a helicopter kit that someone basically took about 2% of and scratch built the rest of the helicopter. Dang. It was phenomenal. It had an entire binder to show schematics, you know, like research, um, you know, like the, the engines aren't misaligned. They're supposed to be pointed at these specific angles. Um, yes, I did actually scratch build this. Here's the process. You know, it was insane. At every show it was at, it won first place, best in class, and best of show. Damn. It was <laughs> exactly right. It was incredible. If you didn't, if you just saw the model, uh-huh. you would not believe. You just physically would not believe that it was scratch built. Yeah, that's crazy. You know, um, do you do you think it's pretty neat when they show everything like in a little book or like on a tablet that they set up? Yeah, yeah. I think it's it's very very useful. Um, you know, not only just showing the judges how you got to to the final product. You know, like the hardships you went through, um, the design process, the construction process, but also it just shows everyone how you did it. And um, if there's something in there that, for example, you don't know, then you know, you take a few photos of it, you uh, research how to do it, and then look at that. You've, you've got a new, you've got a new skill. Yeah. Um, have you ever, have you ever thought about this? Like, do you think it would be cool during the show if there was because uh, you know how like most shows they have like a microphone and someone's hosting it or they're, they're raffling, right? Yeah. Doing raffles. But let's say during the show, right? Let's just say you're there, you show up early, you put on your, everyone sets their models down. But then during the show, the people hosting it pick a model that they're blown away by because it has all this stuff. And let's just say they uh, they kind of like pull the person and they tell them, hey, bring your build, like come to the stage or to the spotlight area. We're going to hand you the mic and we want you to tell us about your build. Kind of like a show and tell. Yeah, you know and, that? And, and the person could just start talking about their build. You know, uh, they could even have the binder up there, you know, just to, as like cliff notes to just kind of tell everybody, uh, yeah, you know, on this build right here, uh, you know, it's like this percentage scrap bit, scratch built, the other it's like parts from the kit. And these are kind of things sort of like 
things that you write down on those little papers, right? Like when you give that little brief description. Yeah. Um, but sometimes you want to, you know, probably say a little more just of, of what's going on on this. And then once it's all said and done, you can just let everyone know, yeah, uh, the, the model's going to be over there on that table. So if you guys want to check it out and and have that little, you know, tidbit go on, everyone claps and all that. And then everyone continues, you know, hanging out, whatever. And then let's just say like another hour later or 30 minutes later, another person goes up that got selected and does the same thing and like not having like, you know, obviously not everybody in the show cause it's going to be, it's going to take so long, but if, yeah, but then, like just like select few. Yeah. Select few would be dope. And it doesn't mean that like you got to win first place to get picked for that. No, this is, this could be a whole separate thing. You know, some yeah. people might just be honored to be up there to say something or some people might be shy. Like, dang, I don't want to talk on no mic, you know? but but it'd be kind of cool though it'd be kind of cool though what do you think um so i a few different opinions on this like it's it's a really great idea and concept you know um to have someone explain a little further a little bit more in depth how they uh how they achieved their final product um but at the same time i feel um i feel like a lot of people uh not the majority but like a lot of people would not, um, you know, would not be as interested as other people. Um, and I, I also feel like there is like a, like, as you said, it's like a, it's show and tell. Um, so I, 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 I really don't know. I feel like a better method would be to, uh, to go up to the, the builder like hunt down the builder mm-hmm. go up to them and ask them a few questions you know how they did it because i know probably about at least at the very least 20 percent of the people that are there um aren't very interested in either like how someone got there or how um or like just the model in general you know yeah damn that's interesting that's right. an interesting angle i could see that you know imagine they're like all right, let's bring him up. Um, he he built this helicopter, and then you see people like walk out. You're like, what? And then, <laughs> yeah, like, and man, then, I just want my quiet. Like, dang. And then, all right, this this dude, you know, built a car, and then everyone gets all in the in, in the front. It's just like, what yeah. the heck? Like, yeah, yeah. That's not... that's the other thing. It's like, yeah, yeah. It's it's almost like you know, like how you had mentioned earlier, like genres. You know, it's like it's it's like music. Everyone's into their own music, into their own uh, thing, and it's almost like if you were hosting an, an event and you're DJing and you're playing a particular style of music, everyone's into, and then you throw a whole different style. That's when you clear the dance floor. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's yeah. funny, man. Yeah. And and um, you know, through through the years, you know, you've met a lot of people, model builders. And you know you're you're part of the community. How how does that feel to be you know in in that model car model community? Honestly, it feels it feels amazing. It's it's uh, it's incredible to be a part of this community and to to know the people that I know. Um, and just like as a whole, even if uh, it's from someone who I don't know very well, or someone oh yeah, just someone I don't know very well. Um, 
I still learn from everyone. Like, even if I don't say anything or I don't ask any questions, uh, you know, there's just like, there's a few posts, a few people who do things specifically or always show tips. And it's, it's something that it's just, uh, yeah, it's just the, the car community is amazing. Yeah. And, you know, besides cars, you know, you also uh, build tanks and um, you you also done some, have you, have you messed a lot with the Gundams? I know you were doing that artifacts, that smaller uh, kit, but is there, yeah. have you dove into like the, the other scale of Gundam kits? Um, yeah. So the, the Gundam kits before I even bought those artifacts, I had already uh, gotten two uh, HG uh, Gundam kits. Oh, nice. Uh, I have a really, really nice idea for these. Uh, of course, inspired by other builds. Um, but I never, I've never gotten around to building them. They're still in the boxes on the to-do list. Mm-hmm. And, and like when you switch back and forth from like tanks and like the cars, uh, you know, is there, do, do you like the pluses that you learn? you know, from each genre and then kind of combine it together for future builds? Um, so the only, the only way I really see, um, the only way I really see the, the, you know, the the tanks and the cars coming together, um, and all the things I've learned from both going into one build would be like a, a Mad Max, you know, where it's just, it's a lot of weathering, so like that's the oils and the oil washes you use on the on the tanks. There's a lot of uh, rough cuts, so like another uh, another texturing technique learned with the tanks. But then also, you know, I get to car, so you got to do like the car detailing, distributor wires, you know, all this stuff. Um, so it's like, uh, but on a normal car. Um, you know, you wouldn't really use um, filters on it or anything. You know, you spray the paint the way you want it, you clear it, and you leave it. <laughs> uh, I mean, I guess sometimes you could put filters. I personally have not seen anyone put filters uh, on a car. Um, you know, like uh, grab handles, those very common on tanks. Don't see that very often on cars. Um mm. Weld beads, you know, you learn from tanks. Uh, you don't see those. You don't see those very often on cars. So it's it's uh, a lot of the techniques and tricks are really particular to the genre. But I could see a lot of these techniques being put to Gundam, for example. Like scribing panel lines, Gundam, boom. Um, adding three D printed parts, car, boom. You know, it's just like. Gundam is everything. You want to add welds? Go add welds. You want to add rivets? Add rivets. You want to make a carbon fiber? Make a carbon fiber. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's cool. And and, and now, wait, what are your thoughts with uh, 3D printing? Oh, okay. Um, so 3D printing. It's, it's great. Uh, being able to just print what you want, have what you want. Um, if you don't have a printer and you buy from other people or you don't modify files or anything, it's still, it's still really great because you get access to 
so many other parts on demand and so much faster. It was like, uh, you know, Iceman is printing all these engines, all these kits, these seats, steering wheels, accessories, just everything. And, you know, you can, yes, you can buy a wheelie bar from someone who resin casts. And yes, you can buy, um, uh, yes, you can make your own wheelie bar out of uh, styrene or out of brass or something. Um, but it's just so much faster to to get it from someone like Iceman, who just who's already printed it, who's uh, ready to ship. And it's just like click the button and bam, you have a wheelie bar. You know, it's 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 really amazing. It elevates uh, so many builds. 3D prints like Maddie Scale Customs, Slowly's Models, uh, Z Force, JPS. JPS doesn't print a lot, but his stuff is still amazing. Um, but like all these people have parts, 3D printed parts, and 3D uh, STL files, and you know you can get what you want, and also. If you want a very specific thing, like, like let's say you want a, a set of one-off wheels in a very specific size, then you can hire a, a designer or you could learn to CAD yourself and then you can have those wheels and you can print as many as you want. You know, in, uh, in 3D molding, I know what JPS does with some of his, I know a few other people do this. They design up or have someone design a wheel then they print it they get a perfect print they clean it up really nicely and then they mold it so they can cast it in resin it's like yes they are very very beautiful but there are some things that will just break if you try and cast it and there are some things that it's also it's just quicker to to print you know yeah. to to uh, to model something, uh, especially if you're trying to make it from hand to um, to resin cast, it it takes forever. No, I can only imagine like by hand, like dang, just compared to three D printing, and exactly. and th those are benefits there, like Iceman having the prints already ready to go. I know you know some people want to print, but they don't have the space you know to have a printer in their home or, or garage so it's more convenient to just buy the the item already that's made and printed to uh put it together have you uh, uh started working you know with any any designs at cad work have, have you gotten into that oh okay so um i do not do much cad work uh, mainly because of time. I just, I don't have the time. And sometimes I just don't want to. But also, I don't know how. And what I'm mainly afraid of is it'll take forever just to learn how, you know? Um, but uh, I have started on something. It was an idea that got me really excited when I saw it. Um, there's someone that goes by uh, clearly scale uh they um i don't know their current state or uh if they're still casting or anything but there was one engine from them uh it was a, a v12 ls based engine 
And, you know, it was just like, it was so different, you know? And the LS engine is a V8. If you see a V12, oh my God, that's just like, it's different. It's unique. But no one, literally no one but him has made or designed a 24th scale V12 LS or V12 or converted any other engine into a V12. I, I haven't seen it. So what I started to do just in Tinkercad, like Tinkercad is the most basic uh, CAD program. I I uh, downloaded a free file from, uh, I think it was Slowly's Models, uh, his LS3 uh, base parts that was remixed from someone else on Tinkercad. I don't exactly remember, but since it was a free file, I was like, oh, why not? I'll just, I'll try my hand at it, you know? Um, I did a ton of research on LS engines and how they work, um, and I started drawing it up. I wasn't actually drawing most of it. Most of it was coming from other free files around uh, around the, the internet. That, that's the other thing. The other great thing about the 3D printing community. It's just like some of it's for a price and most of it's free, you know? It's just like you can, if you think of something, you could probably find it for either free or really cheap. Um, but anyway, so, uh, you know, I started to take, the LS engine and you know I duplicated it and moved it around and so now I basically have um a mostly finished V12 LS3 engine uh valve covers heads uh block all had to be extended by two cylinders it's not and also with this it's not like you can just stretch it it's like you actually have to copy it, paste it, line it up, um, get it looking right. So it, it actually is ha actually act so actually accurately <laughs> has um, has uh, uh, 12 cylinders. And with this specifically, I had quite a few problems. The first of which was just finding files and uh, of the complex shapes like um like for example an ls3 water pump insanely complicated shape it is not something i can do it's not something i can achieve in this program but out of all the ls engines out on the internet for like 110 scale and everything i managed to find one and scale it down in this program to fit right you know um and other things like the uh, the intake you can't just stretch the intake like everything else. And I couldn't find a good enough intake. And also the base parts were, you know, like not uh, not accurate, not 100% accurate. They're close enough, but they're not 100%. So if you just download something that is 100% and then try and merge them, it doesn't really work. So when my brother was back for Thanksgiving, I asked him very, very politely, <laughs> Uh, cause look, real quick background, uh, he is on the, um, the FSAE team on, uh, at Berkeley. It's a formula race team for Berkeley. They build a, a race car, like, like a go-kart size race car and race it against other nations, uh, nations, uh, other, uh, universities. Oh, damn. 
Yeah, so it's really cool. But because of that, he has to work in CAD every day. And he has a lot of experience in the most, one of the most complicated CAD programs, SolidWorks. And so I had to very, very nicely shape a draw of an intake. And in three days, like a, he had a Holly high rise inspired intake. Wow. Uh, and it was, yeah, so like that, that's something that I should be able to do if I'm drawing, if I'm drawing out, uh, you know, like parts and stuff. But with this one, I, I don't have any plan of, you know, going into uh, just drawing uh, CAD, draw, uh, drawing up designs. I don't have any intention of doing that, like, as a job or a life or even just for myself, you know. Mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't plan to do that. I don't, it's not, it's, I'd rather spend my time researching detail rather than drawing up CAD. Um, so really, this one is just playing around, having some fun, um, trying something new. You know, if I can eventually finish this, uh, I would not be selling it. Mm-hmm. But I would probably print uh, or have a friend print uh, one for myself so I can just do a really stupid build. And <laughs> <laughs> and probably a couple for a few friends. Yeah. If if this if this does come out right, my plan is to put it in a oh my god, what is it? What is oh my god? Okay, one second. Oh, there it is. Um a 67 Corvette. Oh wait, no, it has to be a 69. Yeah, um the 69 Corvette has an insane insanely long engine bay if you look at a photo of one of these things uh-huh. the engine bay i'm thinking of the uh, 69 uh, Cor- uh yanko corvette uh-huh. it's a kit by ravel i've built it it's amazing kit the engine is a v8 the firewall sticks into the engine bay and the radiator does not come close to the engine yet still has a lot of room between the front of the engine and the front of the car. So if you just push the radiator forward, probably angle it a little bit more, you can fit a V12 into a 69 Corvette. It's, yeah, it's the only GM car I, uh, I've i found very quickly, I might add. Uh-huh. <laughs> I don't intend to do any more research on this. Yeah, right now I'm <laughs> looking at the, the box art of one of them, uh, a Ravel kit. It has, yeah. it has the model in yellow on the cover. Yeah, does it say Motor City Muscle? Yes, that's the one. Yeah, that's that's the one I'm thinking of, too. Okay. Yeah. Dang. That engine bay is long. <laughs> that's cool. Man, well, <laughs> I mean, if you, if you pull it off and fit it, you know, print and get it all going, dude, we definitely want to show it, you know? Yeah. Definitely. That way, listeners can see this in the future. Yeah, it's it's not something I've posted or anything. Yeah. Um, right now, I'm struggling with the alternator because I want an accurate LS3 alternator, but that alternator is so complicated. Yeah. <laughs> I hate new alternators. <laughs> it's just like old alternators, you know. It's just a cylinder and then a little fan on the front with a pulley attached to that, and then like you're done. 
But these needle alternators, it's like, okay, so you got to make two halves and you got to make the middle with all the coils and everything. Then you got to do the outside of the, uh, the, with the bevel and you got to do the plugs and you got to do all these little bits that stick out. You got to do all the vents. Oh my God. The vents are the pain of my existence. Um, <laughs> That's funny. I, um, I was going to ask, uh, before I forget, are you and your father planning on attending NNL West, uh, next month? Oh, Oh God. That's um, the end of January. I believe it's the 26th. I want to see. Let me let me look at my phone, and I'll check okay. that out. Um, I don't know. Maybe I don't know if you guys have talked about that. Maybe you want to bring that up to him. But that'll be, uh, see, January the twenty first. Yeah, okay. that's on a Saturday. And where where is this? Is this one the one that's in Las Vegas? No, this show is actually in um, Santa Clara. Uh, so it's right. It's pretty much like San Jose, right before. San Francisco, hey, maybe even your brother can come down from Berkeley. It's probably like an hour and a half for him or an hour away. Mm-hmm. Really close. Not to me. I mean, yeah, not to us, <laughs> but like to him. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. I think for us, it's it's more like a five and a half, almost six hour drive to get there. Yeah, oh, my God. Taking, um, the, taking the five freeways, just shooting all the way up from like, you know, L.A. area. Yeah, yeah, five and a half hour drive right now. Um, yeah, and it's at the awesome. Santa Clara Convention Center. Santa Clara. Yeah, or even if you, um, you'll see it. Do the Google Maps. You'll see how far you are. <laughs> <laughs> I'm doing that right now. Dang. Uh, three hundred and forty-four miles. There you five go. hours and thirty-five minutes. Yeah, I'm. I'm SoCal. Like, we're SoCal. Yep. That's NorCal. NorCal, there you go. Uh, yeah, I, I think last time I didn't go because it was that far. I I don't want to sit in the car for five and a half hours. It's a long time. I mean, take some breaks, you know, get out of the car, do some stuff. I was uh, I was telling someone recently on the podcast that like I saw like a, a magazine ad on one of the old um, Skull Auto magazines. Yeah. Where it showed these guys like on a road trip. It was just little photos, but the little paragraph was kind of telling you that they were on the road and that their goal was to start on a model and finish it by the time they got to the to where their destination. Oh my god, that's awesome! And it, and they were all model builders, so each one was doing something, you know, like cleaning the car. Another person was like gluing it. Another person was painting it. And oh my god, painting in a car? And then painting a car in a car. They they might have they might have probably pulled over, you know, and just done it real like sprayed it real quick. And then all right, let's go. That'd be kind of funny though, like if you're in the car and you're just spraying yeah. it, and they're like, all right, like lower the windows. We're gonna yeah. spray it. Open the windows, turn the AC on. <laughs> yeah, turn the AC on full blast. Yeah, just get get the particles out of here. <laughs> Dang. And then just putting the the model in inside of a box or on the Tamiya stand and just put it by your windshield so this way the, yeah. s- the sun bakes it. Yeah. What that's so funny is what I'm imagining is like eleven o'clock, eleven AM, you know, you get to spraying it and then you just put it on your on your uh, spraying every part. 
mm-hmm. and then you just put it as you said it's like uh, on your windshield uh, on your like dash, on the dash. Windshield. Yeah. exactly and then you just go to like in and out of something and eat while the paint dries <laughs> yeah <laughs> i'll probably drive uh dry fast with on with, with with like lacquers you know just using like some tamiya yeah. that'd be pretty funny uh but yeah i mean it, it is a long drive but i if anything as long as like you're just in no rush you know just cruising up and being like all right you know this is gonna take long so let's just pull over here let's pull over there you know and i think it should be fine but then again i i feel like when you know other people are going and there's gonna be a lot of people that you're gonna know there that excitement kicks in you know that you're like you know what like let's go i'm pumped i want to i want to see what this is about and you know after i think like since what happens is we're there you see all these things you know our minds get stimulated like oh my god like seeing all these things taking photos talking to people that when the thing's over you're pretty exhausted you're tired because you've been standing all day you know you're hungry and and I feel like because of all that, the drive home. If you drive home that same day, you're gonna feel it. You know, um, you're gonna be tired. Every time we go to a show, mm-hmm. it's literally wake up at six or seven, wait for my parents and my brother to wake up five minutes before we have to leave. Leave half an hour late, <laughs> dressing while we're driving. We're not rushing because we always aim to be there when they open. Mm-hmm. so it's it's you know it's it's not an issue if we wake up a little late but we like to get there earlier for you know like the first round of raffle open uh, uh available spots on the tables mm-hmm. and just finding the good stuff at the vendors but i swear to god literally every time we drive back i fall asleep yeah. it does not matter how long the drive is the drive will be 15 minutes i fall asleep i am out yeah. yeah. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Maybe it's just, you know, being like standing up, doing all this stuff. Like, if, especially if you're going there early in the morning, you know, till it yeah. ends. Yeah. You know, it, it happens. <laughs> um, The last show, the Soka Open, I saw you guys um went to visit Armando, right? He had like a little get together. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah how how was that? Oh, man, dude. That's, that was awesome. We were probably focusing on his actual car more than his models. Yeah, <laughs> right then in his garage. Yeah, but even just like going to his place, I had no knowledge that we were going. Um, like you know, we were on our way back, and my dad just stopped at a liquor store, and I was like, "What? Why?" And he's like, "We're going to Armando's." I'm like, "Wait, I'm sorry, what? Armando?" <laughs> <laughs> no, it's just it's so um, it's so surreal, you know. It's He's, he's an incredible builder. Um, it's It was so insane to go there. And we, we were going there, uh, we went um, right when, uh, you know, the, the Iceman's uh, tournament was coming to a, a close. And so it was, that, it, was, it was like in that period between uh, when final photos are due and when you can post progress and photos. And so it was just like in this period, you don't know what anyone else's final builds look like. But since we went to his house, uh, when, um, 
in that time period, we got to see firsthand just how incredible his builds are. And like his tournament build, we have not seen any photos probably since paint on the body, which is basically everything but the body we haven't seen. <laughs> but like we got to see everything. We got to see um uh, his engine, his body. Dude, his paint jobs are insane. Yeah. Uh, I don't think anyone can, can can compete with his paint jobs. They are spectacular. Yeah, yeah. I, I've always liked the, like, you know, when you get your phone and you turn on the flashlight on your phone? Yeah, oh my God. And then yeah. you, you put it close and you start to, you know, put it over the hood and and the roof and everything, you know, the sides of the body, you start to see all the, like, the graphics, everything just pops. Yeah, it just, it just glow. Um, yeah, but also, what I, what is really incredible, again, circling back, about the car community is, even though he is a, an incredible builder, he shared everything, every question, like, my dad literally railed him with questions. He answered every single one. That's awesome. In, yeah, and in such depth that now we do quite a few of those things. Like how he, I remember he hasn't cleaned out his lacquer airbrush in a few years. Like he hasn't done like a full deep clean. He hasn't taken the whole thing apart. He hasn't done that in quite a few years. What he does when he's done spraying, he empties it of the the paint and everything and then he shoots lacquer through it while he's pulling the needle back like he um what he does is he doesn't use the trigger you know to pull it back he actually disassembles the back of the airbrush and removes the locking nut there's a a little nut on the airbrush uh at the back when you're pulling back the trigger it um it connects to like some spring mechanism that is clamped to the needle at the back by a little, uh, I guess it's a nut. He, he loosens that nut so the needle is uh, basically free from the, the trigger. So the, if you pull back the trigger, it doesn't do anything to the needle. He fills the thing with, uh, he fills the cup with uh, lacquer thinner, or I guess in any other scenario, whatever thinner corresponds to the paint that's been used. Because lack of thinner will not work very well with acrylic paint. Get to like that. But he shoots it through the airbrush by actually holding the needle at the back and pulling it all the way back and pushing it back in, pulling it back, pushing it in, pulling it back. And it's incredible because it just, it's basically a deep clean without doing a deep clean. Yeah. And so now we, yeah, we, we, we do that now. And another amazing thing is Armando, you know, he, he follows us. More specifically, he follows my dad. And on his Iceman tournament build, he said he tried to do engine weathering and engine detailing on his engine. And I can tell you for a fact, it was definitely not his first time. <laughs> <laughs> that, it was, it was incredible, you know? Yeah. It's like... It's not something uh, I see very often from him. I just see uh, spectacular bodies, spectacular interiors, and spectacular final products. Mm. You don't see a lot of weathered engines uh, 
or detailed engines from him. Um, not to my knowledge, I could be completely wrong, but uh, to my knowledge, I, I haven't seen that much uh, engines work or detailing from him. But he tried that on his tournament build. I believe it was a Nomad. Yeah, it was. It was the pink Nomad. Yeah. Um, the Teen Angel. I don't actually know what it's called, but I believe that is correct. Yeah, yeah. It, it's it's crazy because yeah. I I feel you know from seeing the you know like when you guys went over to hang out with them when you had the get together I, I I still remember like after that I started to see your father's like um, exper- experimenting more with the paint jobs. Oh yeah, like, yeah, definitely. You know, and and it's and and I was like, dude, that's dope. You know, because I could see the the influence, but then again, like inspiration. And also, like you said, he answered some questions that he had. So it, those are things that we always want to challenge ourselves. Like we want to try it. We want to see if we could do it. And once, you know, someone helps you by giving you the information and you start to do it, that definitely helps a lot to build more confidence. And it opens up your mind, too, to be like, dude, like, I can't wait to do this other paint job on a different car. Exactly. And yeah. keep going from there. I do remember having a conversation uh with armando and he did tell me that he did apply uh some like weathering techniques that he wasn't doing on his builds especially uh, like on his grills like doing like backwashes and stuff but he did tell me that he he did get a lot of inspiration from your father from doing you know weathering and all these different things that it pumped him up to to do it and once he was doing it he he was happy with the end result and he was like man i need to start doing this more to my builds you know <laughs> and it, it, that's cool man i i like that you know it's like it's being it's like it's being paid forward you know exactly yeah that's tight like you help others they help you you know mm-hmm. like, yeah also also it doesn't hurt to help other people you know mm-hmm. like especially in uh, cases where it's literally just information and tips and tricks, it doesn't hurt you whatsoever. So, like, going out on Instagram, explaining how you uh, weathered the body on this car, if someone asks, or if someone doesn't ask, just explaining how you weathered the body, how you uh, weathered the engine, how you weathered the chassis, how you got such a smooth paint job, uh, it doesn't hurt there's there's no loss from it, but there's a gain for everyone else and also yourself. Yeah, I agree. Um, for do you have any plans for next year as far as like, you know, maybe something you want to build that you have not built or just, you know, I know you you said you on this you know, current build you're doing, you, you're going all out, you're focusing on the detail stuff and all that, but is there anything else you want to add to that uh, for 2023? Um, yeah. Um, three things. The first of which is I want to expand my, uh, my palette even more um, by getting to those Gundams, and I have a couple of planes and ships as well. I want to I want to see what I can do with those. Um, two, I want to get back um, 
Man, I want to like rebuild some of my older models, not not in the sense of stripping it down and um, and rebuilding it, but in the sense of buying the same kit, but building another one in either the same style or a different style. But you know, like it being from the same car and kit just shows like you know your progress. Um, and that's one of the things I, I really want to do. Like, I want to um, buy a few more kits of cars I've already built and, you know, like build them again. Uh, and the third one, I want to build more muscle cars. I haven't built enough muscle cars. I've built two Camaros, uh, one Corvette, and I'm planning another Corvette in the past year. I need to build some more chargers challengers darts uh superbirds daytona's like you know like all the mopar the mustangs i need to build more things th different things things i haven't built in a while like i built two camaros back to back i i under normal circumstances i would never do that mm -mm. That's not, I don't typically build the same car multiple times. And that's, it's really funny coming from me because there was a time about middle school when I bought one of the Ravel uh, big game country pickups. And I was like, wow, this is so cool. I want one from every single one, every single version. So I got the snowplow, the, uh, the rat truck, I think. I don't know what it's called. And like I just the 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 wrecker, I got every kit I could, and duplicates of those kits. And I'm looking back, and I'm like, why did I do that? I don't. <laughs> I like I've I've no need for that. Like, it's yes, they're a little different, but also they're all out of the box, you know. Mm -hmm. Um, there was one kit I came across within the last two years that I did end up buying. Which is a funny story. Um, I just gotta extend this podcast as much as nah, possible. Hey, go for it, dude. Go for it. <laughs> um, uh, I don't usually get to talk about this stuff, so you know, I'm just trying. I just wanna, I wanna give everyone as much as as they can get. Um, maybe not three hours, but you know. <laughs> uh, anyway, so the kit is the Mad Mutter. It's a Ravel kit. It's a a, a square body c10 style but it's like a full-on wannabe monster truck i say wannabe because it's not a monster truck <laughs> it, it's got a massive lift you know the body's one piece it's got a frame and everything all right so it. yeah it's just it doesn't it it's monster truck-esque but it's definitely not a monster truck um but uh, anyway, so the first show we ever went to was Cruising for a Cure, I believe 2018. Maybe 2019, actually. Either way. Uh, right before that, I started collecting a few of the big game country pickups and the snowplow pickups. Um, yes, that is actually what they're called. But I believe they're 78 GMCs, but I don't know. Um, but I loved the style and I wanted to keep going. But right at the time of this Cruising Through a Cure show, 
I wasn't really into collecting it. So I saw it at the uh, at the only basically the only vendor that's there. It was 40 bucks. I was like, man, I got that money. But, you know, I just I don't want to build another one. You know, I already built two. Um, I have a third one. I just I don't need another one of this style. I kept looking. I bought something else, which I do want to talk about. But about a month after that show, I completely regretted not buying it because and here's why. Because that's when I started collecting all these uh, these similar kits and, you know, building like a, a series, if you will, of the same body styles, different kits or the same kits, but different styles. Um, and in this particular case, this kit was one of them that uh, that would fit really well into that series. When I checked the price, oh, my God, they were like 80, 90 bucks on eBay minus shipping. I was like, I'm sorry, I I left the thing that was 40 bucks and decided to try my hand at the ones that are 90. Dang. Why would I do that? <laughs> um, so it's been like at the back of my mind forever. But um, recently, I, uh, actually, no, it's too recently, about three years ago, uh, when Iceman was still doing his raffles quite consistently, one of them popped up and I was like, oh, my God. So I went in with, I think it was probably 20, maybe 35 bucks in raffles, uh, in spots. That's probably five or seven, something like that, like out of 100. So not huge chances, but I ended up winning. And I immediately, I didn't care about any other kit because there were quite a few kits there that you could flip, you know, like the, the 454 C1500, I believe. Um, and you know, the, the 72 C10, that one was about this time. That one was really rare, but I didn't even try to go for those, for those. I just said, give me this one right now. <laughs> That's give the one me. I want. Give yeah. me, me. <laughs> exactly. And I was, and so I, I got this kit. I haven't built it yet. I haven't, I basically haven't touched it for quite a while, but this is a recent addition to that series just because of how rare it is. And I don't. You know, it's like, I don't think I'll ever be able to find it again. Mm. Um, and so just so I have it when I want to build it, you know, because um, this is like, there's a few things with my stash. It's really weird. But this one is one of is in the category of I will 100% build this someday. It might be tomorrow. It might be in 10 years. I don't care. I will get to it one day. And this one is never leaving my stash. You know, like that's one category. The other category is, oh, I bought it because it's cheap. <laughs> yeah. This one is not. <laughs> yeah, we, all, we always fall into those. Exactly. The, the Probably the first two years of shows, we fell into that rat trap. Um, <clears throat> but more recently, we've been trying to stay away from that because we're realizing why. Just why. There's, there's no reason. Yeah. Like, yes, they're cheap, but when will you build it? Yeah, I I remember like back then getting caught up, you know, just like how you like how you were saying about buying doubles on kits, and later kind of regretting like, man, why did I buy so many of them? But of the doubles, but then you know, I would find like, oh wait, I could trade or I could still, I don't have to build it because at the moment I felt like I had to build it. 
you know? Exactly, yeah. And I almost felt like, oh, man, I'm creating this, like, burden on myself to build all these. But then later I learned, no, no, wait, I could either trade them, sell them, or hook someone up. And, exactly, yeah. and then I went through that phase, too, of buying cheap kits. And I was buying a lot of, like, at shows, cheap kits, cheap kits, open box. But then later I started finding myself, uh, you know, looking at the kit and being like, I'm not even going to build this. Or, oh, it's missing the glass or it's missing the something. Yeah, that that's the other thing. It's like you have to take a, a really close look at the kits and the vendors because <laughs> until you... Until you open the box, you have no idea what kind of condition it's in. Yeah. You, Unless it's sealed, then you do. Yep. And then um, after that, I was just acquiring all this stuff, you know. And, I mean, I get it now that, yeah, you could – people buy just parts because they, they want to scratch bowl, though. They want to grab seats from here or there. But, I, <laughs> but I, back then, I wasn't thinking about any of that, you know. Yeah. And I was just like, dude, I'm running out of space. And, and eventually what really helped me kind of just like almost feel like, all right, I'm going to start from like from scratch was just getting rid of a lot of that stuff. And my friend told me, if you're going to get rid of some of that stuff, you need to get rid of like your favorites first, like your Holy Grail pieces. Oh. And then because once you get rid of those, all these other ones don't mean anything <laughs> to you. And I was yeah, like, oh, true. you're right, you're right. Because a lot of the times we get rid of what we don't want, but we just keep those holy grail pieces, right? Yeah, so, it's like, yeah, sorry. So, so I just started, like, um, either selling or trading all my Impalas, my Bel Airs, like cars that were just, at like, out of print, I guess, for a moment. And everything else just went with it. And eventually I windled down. The collection just got really small. So now I felt I felt better. I felt like, all right, cool. Now I don't have to feel like like I have this huge burden that I have to build all these kits. Now I could just focus on on these few that I have. And, you know, I know these kits will be available in the future, or even if I have to pay more money for them on eBay or, or whatever, a show, who knows. When the time's right, you know, I'll get it. But right now, yeah. I, right now... I, I just, what's in front of me is what I'm going to, like, focus on, you know? Yeah, that that's a really, really great mindset for that. Um, and I definitely think uh, over time, mine is also going to shift to that. But, like, you know, for me specifically, for the time being, I don't have a solid, quite large source of income. You know, at most, it's, like, allowance every Sunday. Because yeah. uh, I'm not old enough to work. And but I'm old enough to know what I want and what I don't want, you know, so it's like it's just right in between. So for me right now, it's like I'm getting rid of the ones that I know for a fact I don't want. I'm not going to get to for a while. And also the ones that, you know, I'm, I kind of want and I might get to. But there's all these other ones. So I might as well not. I might as well get rid of it, you know. Yeah. Because specifically because the Holy Grail kids, those are the ones that for me, would be the hardest for me to get again. Even if I find them, it'd be the mm -hmm. hardest for me to get again when I want them because they, they're they so expensive. That's one of the reasons why they're uh, they're my like holy grail kits. They're expensive and or they're incredibly rare. So you just don't find them. And when you do, they're like 300% marked up. <laughs> yeah, dang. Yeah, they're a lot. That's for sure. 
Yeah, you know, like I mentioned, the NNL West. I mean, they have a. That's a big show where they have a big section of vendors selling stuff, yeah. and there's a lot of kids. But there's also um, uh, these vendors that show up with these huge. Uh, they probably, I'm pretty sure they book two or three tables. Yeah, and long, and it's all vintage kits. Oh wow! And a lot of these vintage kits. I mean, you're talking about like hundred bucks and up, and, oh, and people that. and people buy them. Like people are like, "Oh man, I've been looking for this one," you know. Uh, I, and I remember <laughs> one of my friends bought one. I think he spent almost two hundred for a oh, kit, dude. but he was like, uh, "It's been years since I've seen this kit, and I've been wanting it, and now I got it." Yeah. And, dude, dude. It's crazy. Yeah, no, it's, it's just it's just a trip. I'm not used to that, you know? Like, I'm not used to buying, like, a vintage kit, uh, you know? But in the future, you know, who knows, man? Might, like, I might get into vintage kits in the future, you know? <laughs> and I might be paying that for just one and be like, I got the one. Yeah, if, if you do, my suggestion really is to find the one you want the most and hunt only for that one. Mm -hmm. Because I can tell you that older the kit most likely the worse it is yeah oh yeah I, I always imagine like that plastic getting really brittle oh yeah really soft and stuff and it's like oh no yeah and also something i'm noticing uh also with me and a lot of other modelers and collectors is if you have like a specific holy grail kit or like a, a small group of kits you just want so desperately the longer it is until you get them and the less you see them the more desperate you become so like the more you look or the more forward in your head it is and the more you're willing to pay for it mm -hmm. so like for example there was uh no not that example other example um i just recently got one of my holy grail kits um it's, it's not a very uh, spectacular kit. It's a Ravel 68 Pontiac Firebird. It is my favorite car. Um, and it's it's basically the same shell as a as a Camaro, but it has a different rear end, front end, and different badges. That's the only differences I can see. But it just looks... So, I think it just looks so much better. So uh, I built one probably 2019 it doesn't seem like it was 2019 it was probably 20 late late 2018 early 2019 when i bought and built the the foos edition mm -hmm. um and i kid you not ever since i bought and built that one i have not seen another one go for sale and yeah. you know and before you ask no mm -hmm. i did not check ebay because when I checked, cheapest was forty plus shipping, and that was an auction. Right. I'm not <laughs> willing to pay that. Right now, uh, I just did the search, and it pops up yeah. in that Foos one. As soon as you said Foos, like I clicked it, right? And yeah, some, someone, yeah, someone's selling the six eight Pontiac Firebird on eBay, and he's asking uh, one hundred and thirty one dollars. Oh my god! For it? <laughs> Are you sure it's not the one twelve scale? Let me see. No, it says one one twenty fifth. 
Yeah. Oh well, my god. Yeah, because I was gonna say I re- I do remember seeing like a huge one. The the one you said one twelve. Yeah. I remember going to Hobby Lobby and looking up at the at the top of the you know the rack, and being like, yeah. "Damn, that's a huge kid!" <laughs> you know, that's that's big. And and then you would see the other Foos kits like the one twenty fifth. Um, but I didn't know that. You know, who knows? I don't know if maybe this one's that expensive because it's rare. I don't. I don't know because it's one twenty fifth. Yeah. It's it's. But, um, well, some people just really mark them up, but yeah, yeah. On, on eBay, uh, when I was uh, when I was questioning my parents and my when I was questioning my family about this because they didn't know and they were very surprised as well. Um, I I looked it up and had them guess, and they were expecting something large, and they they were in the ballpark, but like seriously, like that kit. Cheap is forty five plus sixteen shipping, fifty plus twelve shipping, fifty five plus twenty shipping. There, there'd be one that's like thirty plus fifty shipping or something like that. It's just like mm-hmm. they're all over the place. Yeah. And, um. There's this. Uh, there's this uh, Facebook group called Graveyard Auctions. I don't know the exact name. Um. I'll have to text my dad real quick at some point to find out the name because I, I want to give them a shout out because they're they're incredible. Um, but on the weekends they do auctions, so like you place a bid, you know, it's just it's just this it's an auction, <laughs> and I don't usually check there because it's really easy to get uh to to follow the to uh, go down the rabbit hole, you know. Oh, yeah, because yeah, some of them are dirt cheap. Like, my dad bought a tank for five bucks. <laughs> Easy peasy. Last weekend, he bought a uh, a 25th scale semi-truck, an AMT semi-truck. Those things have over 300 parts. 18 plus shipping. Damn. Retail's 40. So, yeah, it's like you either get a really good deal or you get ripped off. But, <laughs> yeah, one of the <laughs> but 90% of the time, it's a really good deal. Um. And last weekend, I well not uh, let's see two weekends ago. The first time I had checked in probably about six months, I decided, you know, Dad, can we check graveyard? That's the other thing. I don't have Facebook, so anything with uh, Facebook related, I have to go talk to my dad because uh, he has Facebook. But I was just like, Dad, why don't we check graveyard? And he was like, Sure, why not? And guess what? I found one of those Firebirds. Damn, they had it. Yeah. Starting bid was $10. Um, it was the Ravel 68. It wasn't the Foos. It was, I believe, the release before the Foos, but practically the exact same molds. Mm-hmm. So, and it's it's a beautiful kit. I think the kit is better than the... Um, I think the kit is better than the... Uh, the Ravel, uh, what's it called? The Ravel Camaro. Mm-hmm. That's my personal opinion. The Camaro is a great kit, but honestly, the Firebird, whole different level. So if you have a chance, Edgar, mm-hmm. I'd suggest you try and build this muscle car. It's 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 a truly amazing kit. Yeah, I'm looking at the yeah. different box art. There's one that's uh, in purple. It's it's like, it's like a photo of a real car, it looks like. Yeah, uh, the one I got like was... Lavender. 
Uh, there's one in red. This is like, oh, you could tell it's like OG box art um, on it. Just because of the, the labeling of Ravel, like the way the box art looks, looks kind of old. Yeah. Older. And then there's one that's the, uh, the, the when they were doing the Ravel muscle. And it has the oh, pistons yeah. on there. There's one of those. That box art. Yeah. Um, yeah, the, the one I got was the 68 Firebird 400 Ram Air 2-in-1. The front of the box has a photo of a real uh, real one. I believe it's the one you're talking about that's a little bit like lavender. Yeah, it looks like but, lavender. Okay. Yeah, but it is a silver car. Oh, it's, it's silver. Okay, it's probably yeah, just it is a... Silver. Uh, it's it's probably the quality of the photo. Yeah. Okay. I, yeah, um, you can see it. It's like silver. Yeah. It's like it, like a house yeah, in the background is, or something. Yeah, house in the background. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, it's that one. Damn. I believe looking at it. Um, That's cool. So it looks it's nice. yeah, it's it's that kit. Oh my god! HQ Hobbies has it for twenty one thirty seven without a stock, of course. Jesus, I wish I had known that back then. <laughs> okay, um, here we go. This first eBay listing I could find of this exact kit. Can you guess the price? Trivia. Um, I would say at least a hundred bucks. Oh, uh, not quite there. <laughs> okay. okay. Uh, let me try again. Sixty. Uh, was that with or without shipping? Uh, without shipping. Oh, um, that's probably the highest I found. Yeah. The lowest I found was uh, 53 uh, minus shipping. Dang. 53 with shipping. Uh-huh. Okay. Um, yeah. So it was, it's like they're, they're really, really expensive. I because, because they're so rare, this is a kit that, since it's my favorite car, it's something that I will pretty much never stop building it this is how i this is how i like to describe it to people mm. if you had to pick one car to build a thousand of doesn't matter the year generation or anything it just has to be the same model uh, of car uh-huh. what would it be a thousand, mine a thousand is the of them. yeah it's like mine is the firebird yeah Firebird, Firebird. Uh, I don't not. I'm not positive, but I think the Trans Am is the model of the Firebird, or is it a completely separate model? Yeah, I'm not. I'm not sure. Oh, it is a. Tri- it, it is, is a it? Firebird. Like a later. Um, it's a. It's a trim package for the Firebird. Let's see. Like as Pontiac Firebird Trans Am. Pontiac Firebird Trans Am. Uh, 1977. Oh, I, start, I start going on That's YouTube, it. watching a quick little history video. <laughs> we're, all, we're all quiet. <laughs> Everyone's like, what are these? What are they watching? Yeah, wow. Um, the 77 Firebird is the classic Trans Am. Oh, yeah. You could see. I, I'm, I, I went on Google, like, images, and you could kind of see the evolution, like, the different years. Yeah. And uh, the front, like, the front, how... It still kind of has that resemblance to the OG. Yeah. The OG. Damn, that's definitely. Cool. It's always nice to see the the different st- the body styles as they it's, as they evolved. You know, as yeah. they transformed. <laughs> <laughs> and please don't say reimagine. My dad 
is so tired of that word. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, oh, reimagining the, the, the music industry, reimagining <laughs> the home decor. It's like, it's like, ah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, like, if I had to pick any car, it'd be Firebird because my favorite is the 68. The 69, I believe, looks really funky. The 70 is okay. The 77 is a Trans Am, so I have no problem with that. And then also there's the 77, there's a Firebird, no, no. There's a, there's a Trans Am wagon, which I do have a kit of. Um, uh, what, oh, my God, what's his name? Willie. Uh, Willie Jr. Uh-huh. He he had one when we went down to his... Uh, one of their uh, down to scale meets, and he just gave it to me. And that, that's the <laughs> that's the other perk of being so young. Um, you just get gifted a lot of stuff. <laughs> that's um, cool. For well, like you know, it's not uh, the hobby is sort of like dying out. Oh, slow. Oh, down. everyone's oh, giving oh. you their kit. They're like, here, save the hobby. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like it's basically <laughs> like that. Like. Uh, we want to keep you. We want to make you continue building. We want to keep the hobby alive. We want to get the young people, the young generation, into it. Yeah. You know, because like as you were saying, um, in uh, like when you were in high school, not high school, when you were in like middle school, uh, when your dad was in high school, when your dad was um, like twenty, it was it was really it was really a big thing, right? Yeah, I mean. W- I mean, for my father, I, I don't, I don't know how it was. I don't think there was any models where he grew up. I don't, I don't, yeah, I don't yeah. think they like talked about any of that stuff. It was more like here, like once we were, once I was like a young kid, you know, and then school, like, cause, of, cause of the lowrider cars. If anybody built a model, everyone wanted to do a lowrider. Yeah. So that that was kind of like you know, the thing at that time, for sure, like, people were, like, trying to figure out how people were building these cars and getting them all detailed and as realistic as to a real car. Yeah. So it's kind of, I don't know, it's kind of trippy. Like, I still go down memory lane, you know. I pull out some old builds, and I just kind of stare at them, and I try to go back into that mindset of what I was thinking when I built this car at that age. Yeah, there's there's one of my stories in particular. It's such a favorite of mine. I'm so mad I gave away this finished model. Don't <laughs> worry, it, it wasn't a masterpiece. It was one of my first ones. I remember there's an old hobby shop um, by John Adams Middle School. It's called Evitt's Hobbies, I believe. Um, they closed down due to uh, rent inflations. Oh, sure. Um, yeah, but they were our local hobby store. They were like five minutes from us, uh-huh. five, ten minutes from us. It was, it was amazing. And there was one time, oh man, wait, I don't know if I got this kid there, but I just want to give them a shout out. <laughs> I don't, I don't remember where I got this kit, but it was around the time my dad had his uh, Miata race car and he was swapping a newer engine into it. Uh, but we don't have a garage in our uh, in our condo. Uh, we just have like a a really small parking area. It's you, like you can't do any maintenance in a. Well, you can do maintenance. You can't do any like uh, mechanical things. So when my dad is trying to swap the engine, 
uh, Fismiata. He had to borrow a garage from someone half, uh, one and a half hours from us. It was a, a friend, so it was good. But I remember getting a kit either on the way or sometime when we were there. And I was so excited to start. It was a 77 Trans Am, funnily enough. I was so excited to start that I ripped it open. And I I basically, like, stopped the production line. Just, it's like, hey, find me some glue. Find me some something to cut these out with. <laughs> so um, I, I, uh, I happened to use some, uh, uh, must have been, like, wire cutters. Uh, like like stuff like that. basically clippers but more heavy duty um and the glue you won't believe this um i use jb weld <laughs> oh damn yeah jb weld to glue this car together <laughs> um i it was so bad when i finished but like i was just i was hyper you could not calm me down it was it was amazing i hate that I, I got rid of that car because something I'd love to do, this is something I want to do uh, 2023, going going back to my old builds, um, buy another 77 Trans Am and building it again. But this time, maybe not with JB Bald. And also maybe a little bit nicer. Yeah, you le- you've learned the skills, you know. You've obtained all, uh, the new info- information, so I'm sure you'll yeah. apply that. Although the biggest build. lesson, yeah. Although the biggest lesson with that car wasn't anything special. It was it was something so simple. It was patience. That's it. You have to have patience. Yep. Yeah, that's the that's one of the biggest challenges right there. Yeah. To, uh, to learn, you know, and once you get that, you're you're set, you know. You start yeah. you start honing in your skills little by little, and um, things start coming out right, and eventually, you know, it's like you you have a ho- holy grail model right now in your possession, and maybe you don't feel like building it right now or tomorrow. But let's say you do decide to build it ten years from now, like and you and you still continue building, you're gonna be in a whole different level by then. Exactly. Yeah. You know? And that's that's kind of why I want to build it. Like now, because I just got it. And what I was telling everyone is that it is not going into my stash. Mm-hmm. It's it's going straight onto my bench. Nice. It does not touch the other hobby, the collecting hobby. It, it's oh. staying in the building. So all I got to do now is um, buy quite a few parts. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. But like that is one that I want to... Um, build quite a few times mm-hmm. so it's one you know like every few years when i see it i'll buy it. and maybe it'll wait a few years to be built but every time i can clearly identify uh, a growth in my uh, my building skills mm-hmm. i'll you know i'll build another one so if anyone's following my instagram for the next 20 years uh expect to see this car quite a lot yeah no awesome <laughs> And with that note, is there any um, shout-outs you want to give out before we wrap up this episode? Oh, yes. Um, So I want to give a shout-out to my dad for always being there, for um, being in this hobby with me, for being with me. I want to say a shout-out to my mom for 
uh, supporting our hobby. Even if it isn't her hobby, she supports our hobby um, in the best way she can so that we can both do what we'd like. Uh, I want to give a shout out for my brother for the same reasons as my dad. He's always there. It's also great to have my family. Um, shout out to see Chaz for being a really good friend and incredible builder. Um, Mike, same reasons. Really great friend, incredible builder. Um, let's see, a lot of a lot of people really. Uh, Chester, incredible person. We we actually met him once. Uh, he came over. Uh, right after, uh, right before the the show, he uh, he visited us. That's tight. Uh, yeah, it was it was great. It was awesome. He's such an amazing person. Uh, I want to give a shout out to Daniel, Daniel Valencia, absolutely phenomenal builder. He has taught me so much about detailing, uh, and also scavenging parts. Uh, I want to give a shout out to Kristen for, you know, being that emotional support and also just another great friend. It's just so many people. And also I want to give a shout out to you, Edgar, for hosting the show, for doing what you do with your shop and your podcasts. Um, Thanks, man. <laughs> no problem. It's, it's nothing. Man. And also a shout out to everyone. Just Flat out everyone. Nice. Nice. Yeah, I mean, uh, th thank you for uh, for being on the podcast and, you know, doing what you do, you know, with building, especially, you know, at a young age. There's not that many modelers that are out there doing it, but, you know, I, I feel like you're you're in a, in a nice space right now. You know, you're seeing the evolution. You're building with your family, creating those memories. And I mean, all, all it is right now is just, you know, whatever creativity and, and things you have on your mind that you want to unfold, this is the time, this is the time, yeah. to do it. you know, and, um, you know, I'm sure I know for sure I'll, I'll see you hopefully at a future show at event and, um, and, you know, we'll, we'll stay in touch online and everything. And, um, you know, I always look forward to what you're going to be making, man. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks for having me, Edgar. Yeah, yeah, no, thank you. Thank you, and um, I hope you have a good night. Happy holidays, you know, New Year, all that good stuff, and um, look forward to keep us keep us posted uh, for everybody listening. Make sure, on if you're following him on Instagram, if you're not, uh, check him out, One to One Scale Leo, and, um, and we'll also post, you know, the link on the description with the show notes, and, and also when we do the post on Instagram, so... Uh, Make sure everybody check them out right there. Uh, thank you, Leo. I hope you have a good night, thank man. You. Take care. Take care. Thank you. Bye. Bye.